life in the land of the ice and snow. My name is Heather. I'm here today with my co-host, Monica, and our guest is Mike from the Netherlands, but not born in the Netherlands. All right. I'm ready now, Mike. Tell me all about your past. <laughs> oh, man. Where to start? Okay. So I'm, I'm half Dutch, half Indonesian, and I was born and raised in Jakarta. So I lived there till I was 18. Oh, wow. And when I turn 18 or the year I turn 18... We or I moved to Holland to The Hague for university, and this is in let's see, this is in 1999. You don't have to give dates, uh, <laughs> I don't to reveal my age. I mean, in 2012, I graduated <laughs> high school. Uh, no, no, I moved to I moved to Holland after that, and um, yeah, I went to I, I lived in Holland for about five years, uh, hopped around a little bit, I did some time in. London for an internship. I was in Vancouver for about three months. I uh, moved to Brussels for a year and a half. And then I moved to Sweden in 2005. Okay, then I have to back up this whole thing because Monica told me you were from the Netherlands. You're obviously not. You're from Indonesia. <laughs> Why did she say? I, I don't know. I just say if you only lived there for five years and you weren't born there. You know, Monica is an HR person. So, um, She's only looking at like numbers and like passport details. And I have a Dutch passport. So she's like, oh, you're Dutch. I see. There you go. Yeah. But I'm not very Dutch. No, I'm more Swedish than anything else nowadays. So <laughs> I'm more Swedish. I lived, I lived 18 years in Indonesia. So I'm catching up on that milestone. I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm uh, not too far from getting halfway living in Texas and then half my life in Sweden. So, yeah, <laughs> that is a good milestone. Mike and I were talking about this earlier when we were talking about how tired we were because we were supposed to record earlier. And Mike and I were like, we can't do it. And there's actually, they, of course, you know, they can put a disease on anything, but they've discovered that there's this like virtual meeting fatigue. And because, did, and Mike read the article too, it's because like you can't really connect the way you normally do because, with the physical parts of it. So people yeah. are like, your body is like trying to overcompensate for that. And it, it, it is. I thought, I mean, I thought there was something wrong with me like a couple mm. weeks. Like there's, I'm exhausted, like hungover, ran a marathon, exhausted. It was, it's the weirdest feeling. I think maybe it's because when you're in person at a meeting, you do tend to zone out a little and other people take over and nobody's really watching you. But when you're on camera meeting, you're in everyone's eyesight the whole time. So you can't look off to the side. You really have to be there and be focused. And it's, it is exhausting. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, maybe we should discuss a little with Sweden and handling the whole virus thing and how many people are working from home. Now, Mike, you're at your summer home. Is that right? For, uh, for the weekend. Yeah. But otherwise, we're just normally at home in the apartment. We live in, um, we live in the city. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's starting to rain. So all the kids are coming in. Oh. So I'm moving the bedroom but there's no door we have these like curtains of doors. well i would like to talk about summer houses actually because that's also another thing in sweden or in stockholm something that's unique to us handling the situation is that many people have summer homes and in texas this is not a thing and so i'm imagining this is not a thing in many places so in sweden I think, especially in Stockholm, because we all live in small apartments, you generally, unless you're lucky enough to be right outside the city in some sort of house, you generally don't have any kind of yard. 
So a lot of people buy summer houses out in the country so they can have a yard, they can go swimming, but generally these summer houses are nothing fancy. They're like bearish to the bear. Many of them don't have bathrooms, which is always my issue. Yours apparently doesn't have doors. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Mine doesn't have doors, but uh, we have running water and a bathroom, so it's all good. No, uh, yeah, I guess a lot of people have it here. A lot of sort of, you know, the privileged middle class and, and above have uh, summer houses. Or, But I think it was it was much more common. Now I'm, now I'm really speculating on the history of summer houses for Swedes here, but I think that it was a big thing in like the 40s and 50s and 60s for people to live in a city to also have a smaller and very Spartan summer house where they have not you know no running water outdoor toilets that type of stuff. Also, when the big pu- not the big push those were the years that the people started buying the islands as well, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Friends whose grandparents had bought an island outside yeah. and no, they were super cheap and of course they still don't have running water, but <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Now they're super expensive, of course. But yeah, uh, yeah. I guess it was it was much more common back then, and it's still pretty common here. So there's like generations later where you have to share the uh, the place with your you know forty second cousins and stuff like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the experience I've heard from a lot of people is that they get the they inherit the summer house from their grandparents or parents, and then it's split between the siblings. So this person gets these weeks and that person gets those weeks. I think sometimes it works, at least when you think about like all the responsibility that comes with like taking care of those gardens and mowing and all that stuff. But if you don't like your week or your week happens to be the rainy week, bummer. Sucks. <laughs> But I do think a lot of Swedes right now are going to their summer houses because they are all working, not all, but a lot of people are working from home and it just seems a lot better to why not go to the summer house, do the work from there, and you're fairly isolated. I know that it's just that it's not the city. It's a smaller area, so you you can be outside and not really bother anybody exactly i think i think the problem is though is that especially people in stockholm that have summer houses quite far outside of stockholm they're sort of um they're not too keen of you know the 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 local community there are not too keen on welcoming people from the pandemic epicenter yeah I mean, I think so, even the, the healthcare folk house so many has also said that they don't want us traveling outside no, of the county. No, exactly. And so, uh, yes, we bought all our, uh, our our groceries we buy in our local supermarket in town, stuff the car and go here and then have very little contact with everyone else. But we're only an hour outside of Stockholm in uh, Thurmland, which is obviously not as affected as center either. So we try to really uh, avoid any contact with people that live here. But uh, most of our neighbors here, they either stay away from us, <laughs> which they have actively done, or they um, uh, are from Stockholm themselves. But yeah, we, we try to be extra careful and, and not just not hang out with people that don't actually live in Stockholm or that we don't know or they're yeah. part of our social circle. We're pretty isolated here anyway. So I mean, the next house over is like 300 meters or something. But it is nice to be able to, to go out here. Absolutely. it's uh, We're hugely lucky to have found this place. We bought it last year. And especially now, considering that um, we probably, I mean, there's no international travel. We're going to go visit my parents in Indonesia this summer, but that's off. And we probably won't be able to visit other parts of Sweden without feeling, without being completely racked with guilt either. So yeah. uh, so it's nice to just be here and hang out here during the summer. I think that's something else that a lot of people outside the country or outside of Stockholm don't understand 
when they say, oh, the Swedish model, you know, they're still all going about, but they don't understand the huge shame that everyone <laughs> throws at you if you make one wrong step. So like you probably don't want to tell people that you left Stockholm just to go an hour away because they shame you. And if you just step right above that little sticker line at the grocery store, I mean, everybody's turning and staring at you. <laughs> so we do, I, th I think we can manage how we've been handling the situation because we either are very responsible people and those who aren't responsible get immediately shamed. In a sense, I really, uh, I hope that's true. But, you know, sometimes like I went to the grocery store, you know, just uh, on Friday to, to stock up for this little weekend trip. And um, man, it was packed. And I thought, I don't know, it felt a bit, it felt odd, you know, walking around Sodomam where I live, there's so many people, especially when it's nice, nice weather, it just feels like a normal day, no yeah. pandemic in sight. So that feels a little bit, I don't know. But on the other hand, I know for a fact that uh, there's loads of bars, restaurants and shops that are local bakeries that I go to, the record store that I visit frequently. They're all struggling because nobody's, you know, most of the um, customers are, are, are not coming in. So people are moving about the city, but nobody's like going into the, the shops or something. But, but I think that is, it's true too, like, because then you're like, you have these moments where you feel like, oh, it's all okay. And then you read, okay, no, it's not okay. And then you read what's happening in the rest of the world. And you're like, wow, it's really not okay. My, my next door neighbors were saying something that they were going to go, they were going to a concert. And I actually, for a moment in time in my head thought, oh, they're actually, they're going to a concert. Like I didn't even cross my mind that we were in the middle of, I thought they were going to a concert. I'm like, oh, what time are you guys leaving? They're like, no, it was live streamed on Facebook. Oh, oh. <laughs> But Mike, I want to talk a little more about Indonesia, because I don't know very much about Indonesia. Let's compare it to Sweden. What is it like? You have kids here, right? I do. Yeah. So compare like growing up uh, in Indonesia to how it is for your kids growing up in Sweden. Any differences you've noticed? or? I mean, everything is different. It's completely different. I don't, I don't even know where to start with the differences. I mean, we can start with the weather. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I wore it shorts and t-shirt for the first 18 years of my life nothing else <laughs> and, and flip-flops so i mean that's that's the huge difference here but also i guess from a from another point of view the the um here everything's so much more let's say organized and catered for kids from a community not community but more like a structural level right so um we uh you know with all the kindergartens and, and schools and all that stuff you have that there too but um there's a lot of it's a lot more privatized i i grew up with a dutch father indonesian mother I grew up in that sort of like expat bubble that you have in, in in those parts of the world where where labor is cheap and uh people that come from europe or the us or wherever they don't pay the regular taxes over there so yeah. then there's a quite a lot of disposable income so then, um, you know, you have to pay for the school. The schools, I think my parents paid so much for my school. I went to the to the international school in Jakarta, uh, pretty much an American school, actually. It was really, really expensive. They, they adopted this sort of uh, American system. It felt like really, you know, watching high school movies when I was in high school. I'm like, hey, I could have one of those. So, <laughs> Within Jakarta. I think that's so crazy. In Jakarta. American yeah. high school experience in Indonesia. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, because... Like say there was maybe three thousand students or something like that. I think right. over half of them were from the U.S. So it was it was very American. Over m most of the teachers were American. I mean, this is why I sound like this. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you don't have I, to I say maybe it have like a different accent. burden. 
this is why I've been cursed with this accent. Come on, Monica, you have to admit, I I'd trade my accent for like a British or, or something if I could. <laughs> but this is also why when Mike goes out, everybody thinks he's like from the States and he's probably yeah. maybe a little bit Mexican is usually, right? You always get that you're Mexican or from like Latin America at least. In Sweden, I get that. In Sweden? I've never in my entire life, let's see, how old was I when I moved to 24? So the first 24 years of my life, nobody told me I looked South American, Central American, nothing. I move here and I get it maybe at least once a year, some random person assumes I am from somewhere in Latin America or Central America. And it's it's really, really weird. And it's not just sort of, you know, uh, local Swedes that do that. It's, say, like immigrants, uh, you know, like whatever, second generation, third generation immigrants from, say, Chile, like that one dude that we met in that uh, lunch restaurant. Yep, yep, who, I remember him. <laughs> he totally... And, you know, I don't know, me buying chewing gum in the 7-Eleven, and the, I remember this one guy, He, uh, I, I asked him in Swedish, you know, buying something. And then he answered me, he asked me in Spanish, like, hey, you know, do you speak Spanish? We can speak Spanish instead. And I can, I can understand enough Spanish to understand that he asked me that. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, in Swedish. I'm like, sorry, I don't speak Spanish. And he, th this like look of disappointment, like I've Aww. sort of- Betrayed like, your country. Betrayed, exactly, betrayed my roots, betrayed my heritage. Like, why didn't your parents teach you Spanish? What? That's so weird. <laughs> but, you know, that, that look, um, I, got, I got that look a lot. Have you ever been mistaken for somewhere else, Monica? For me? Yeah, since you've moved here. Yeah, yeah. People think I'm uh, Middle Eastern sometimes, especially in the wintertime if I have a hat on. I think it's the whole thing of like all three of us being uh, dark hair and dark features in Sweden. My husband, before we met in person and he just saw pictures of me, he thought I was Greek. And in Sweden, I've gotten, if I try to speak Swedish, everyone thinks I'm German. It must be something with a terrible accent I have when I speak Swedish. And um, otherwise, I have a lot of people guessing that I'm from the UK. And I think the reason for that is simply that it's closer. So it would be more common that an English speaker would be in Sweden from the UK rather than overseas. And it always gets me because I'm like, do, do you not hear accents? Can, do you not hear how I talk? But they uh, generally Swedes don't though, or most of the Swedes I know, they can't really tell the difference between, and this, I'm generalizing, but a lot of yeah, people I yeah. that are Swedish can't tell the difference between Scottish, Irish, English, Welsh, American, different parts of America. They don't really hear it. But um, yeah, back to the assuming that I was, I think the worst one that I got actually was from a friend of a friend of a friend or something. The first time I ever met her. Um, and this was before I could really speak any Swedish. So I was speaking English to all, to all my Swedish friends. And I got introduced to her uh, and she started, you know, we were just in conversation. And out of the blue, she says, so what part of Mexico are you from? And I'm like, who said anything about... So she just made the assumption that based on what I look like, and I guess what I sound like, she's like, well, it makes sense that he's from Mexico. I'm like, Why not? So I played along and I'm like, yeah, Oaxaca. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so other than um, like the school situation, what about just like growing up, what you did in your free time, how you did things with your friends compared to how your kids in Sweden do things? Well, I mean, that's that's also a lot easier in Sweden, I think, because, you know, in Stockholm is very much a, let's say, pretty, pretty green 
and pedestrian in terms of uh, accessibility. So in Jakarta, you need a car for everything. There's not a lot of parks. We hung out in shopping malls and at on the school campus. So I really had, it sounds like a really American high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. Upbringing, actually. I just hung out at the mall and at school. <laughs> Plus, isn't it uh, just too hot to be outside in Indonesia? Well, it's you know, that's the thing. I was used to that. Like yeah. we used to play football or soccer. We used to play that, you know, on Saturdays to say like we, our match would start at one o'clock. And now the last time I was back there, so like seven years ago, I was thinking about that while, you know, lying by the pool at one o'clock in the afternoon thinking I can't be outside for another two more minutes because I'm, I'm dying. And I was like, well, man, when I was a kid, we used to play soccer, a full match. Yeah. At this hour. But yeah, you know, in terms of activities and stuff, we, it, it, I think it is a bit easier here. There's, there's more. And I don't know quite how to describe it because we had a lot of things through the school basically. And here there's a lot of things outside of the school. So I would say my kids have, that's uh, especially my oldest, he has a circle of friends or different circles of friends, basically. Whereas when I grew up, I, I knew my little clique because we did everything together. All the activities were through school and everything like that. But I was just hanging out with people in this expat bubble, except for my Indonesian side of family. So like my, you know, Indonesian cousins and aunts, mm. and, but everything else was just this bubble. And I would say here, there is definitely the soda mom bubble that we live in right now, but it does feel a little bit more, there's a little bit more variety in terms of activities and types of friends for my kids than there were for me. I think you, you have a very good point that I'm not sure that we've mentioned before about the Swedish uh, school system. And that's that there aren't uh, uh, sports, all your extracurricular stuff is generally you have to choose to do that yourself and some outside thing. We don't have cheerleaders. There's no soccer, football, baseball, anything like that. And you do have music and art, but it's just yeah, another class. It's not like a major kind of thing. What else am I forgetting? Well, there's no organized sports or any kind of extracurricular activities that they're organized here. You have to seek that out yourself and pay for it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the problem. <laughs> School's free, but if you want an extracurricular activity, you have to pay for it. But for anybody with um, young children who haven't gotten into the system, you should always check out Culture School on because that is an affordable option full of uh, sports, music, drama, art. And it's usually like maybe... 300 crowns for a semester and so that's a good option if you can't afford some of the more pricey things I, I have to admit I'm kind of glad my kids didn't really get into sports because I couldn't have paid for all the sports equipment and uniform yeah I'm trying to steer them from like expensive sports like ice hockey where you got to pay for like sticks and I don't know what do you think that's why so many people choose football soccer because you pretty much just need some good shoes and a ball good shoes and a ball I don't know maybe it could be we started I, putting Elite into into swimming because you always need swimming yes trunks. I was trying to base Leah's um sports based on if it was indoors or outdoors so I was like handball always indoor <laughs> football always outdoor no thanks because as a parent in Sweden you have to go and watch these matches and we did sign our oldest up for soccer when he was maybe six or seven it started in May and when I went this is how crazy the weather is I went to the first practice to sit outside and watch was fine. Nice spring day, maybe 15 degrees. The next week was my husband's turn to go and it snowed. 
Well, I don't want to keep you guys too long. So I'll just ask because we're starting to close out the season. I think there'll just be one more episode before we go on summer break. This is going to seem like the dumbest question that there's no answer for. What are your summer plans? <laughs> summer plans. We were going to go visit my parents in Indonesia and, and sort of brave the 14-hour flight, but also 24-hour door-to-door trip to, to my mom's house in Jakarta. But thankfully, we get to avoid that nightmare flight and <laughs> uh, stay in beautiful, always sunny Sweden and just hang out and eat ice cream, I guess. I don't know what else we're going to do. I have to ask, had you already bought your flight? Yeah. And did they cancel it? Did you cancel it? Did you get your money back? Like no, that? they cancel it. They cancel it. Uh, it's with uh, Thin Air and they cancel it. And I think we're going to get, I mean, they said we'd get a full refund, but um, I think the regulation is that you're supposed to get the full refund within a week but um, because everybody got canceled and um, if they had to pay out refunds for everyone straight away they would go under as a company so i think they're stalling with the payments or the, the refunds but i'm fully expecting to get that money back i feel mainly really bad for i mean i really wanted to go see my parents of course and and my kids have only or my oldest has been there once when he was like a year old but my youngest had never been there so it would have been great to sort of go around and see my extended family and and hang out with them because i haven't seen them in a really long time and my mom is really really sad of course because she wants to see well she wants to see her grandkids um so it that kind of sucks uh, but hopefully we will be able to go next year i don't know well monica what about you did you have plans and have they changed i have plans because my flights to dallas at the end of july are through ba and american and they have not canceled yeah. <laughs> at all i guess they're holding out since it's end of july i guess so i don't know i'm going to call ba actually tomorrow and talk to them because there's also no real clear indication if i would even get into the country because still sweden is a country like not allowed to come in yeah. but then i'm a u.s citizen but i'm not actually reside it's just it's super confusing yeah i, I think on the country is not allowed to come in it's also if you've just been there and you're coming from there that you're not allowed in i believe there's a list of 12 countries at least last time i looked and sweden's one of those so we're not allowed in the u.s and we're not allowed out of sweden until right now june 15th i think yeah so i it's but and of course like the two there's two different airlines ba is doing re vouchers rather and american okay. is you just to postpone your flights which is impossible to determine as well like hmm. when we're going to be able to travel so i don't know so hopefully it'll be sorted out in the end and um yeah, yeah i'll eat ice cream in always sunny sweden as well i think the ice cream company is going to do really well this, <laughs> this summer <laughs> well as for me we had a trip to texas june 18th right outside of the band to go but we had it with with KLM and they canceled our flight and they are not giving us a refund. We have put in forms to three different, we put in forms to KLM and special flight things. They flat out refuse to refund. They will only give vouchers and I really don't want to take vouchers because it's no guarantee that the company will even stay in business. And with four people traveling to the US, that's a lot of money. And if you write them, if you discuss it with them, they say, yes, we know this is the law, but we're just giving vouchers. And well, I don't know what's going on. We're still refusing the vouchers and hoping to get our money through some sort of legal channel. But I'm extremely upset because we haven't been back to see my family in two years, which is not as bad as you with Jakarta. <laughs> but but of course, we had, you know, all these plans, and I really want to see everyone. And it's very disappointing for 
for everybody. And then, of course, just not knowing when you can go and see your family again. We're holding out hope that things would get better and maybe we could travel at the end of summer. Otherwise, we're hoping maybe after Christmas break, but it'll have to be a shorter trip because we don't have time off school for the kids. So that's out and I've been really disappointed about that. And then like you, Monica, we've got another trip for the end of July where we fly into France. And so far, we still have those tickets and our Airbnbs have not canceled so that's like the only thing left to hold out hope for (laughs) that we have a vacation so yeah again I'm hoping for the end of July that we can at least travel within the EU yeah so um, I guess to round off some of the season here we'll just say um, enjoy your ice cream <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, it was good talking to you guys today. Too. Good talking to you too. Thank you Thanks for, for having me on the show. Well, thank you for being on, and I hope all of our summers turn around. Yeah. I'm gonna tell the kids they can be rowdy again. Yes. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Have a good rest of the day. <laughs> bye, bye.